On today's Locked On Royals podcast, we're going to dive into the Kansas City Royals week series that was, how they performed over the course of this week, and what the biggest takeaways are from this past week of Royals baseball. All this and more coming up on today's Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals. Your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Kansas City Royals series and everything that's happened this week for Kansas City. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. As you cover this year with more odds, lines, and scores than ever before. So check them out today at BetOnline. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball for your second listen. Go check out Lockdown Chiefs, of course. The season is starting for Kansas City and they're through a couple preseason games. Go see how they've done this year so far in Lockdown Chiefs. Now, I want to talk about this Minnesota Twin Series coming off the heels of a really, really good week for Kansas City and a good month, obviously, for Kansas City, where you see a guy like Brady Singer turning a sub-2 ERA, and you see these young players start to come into their own and a lot of optimism, a lot of um, you know expectation and anticipation for what the future can bring for Kansas City. All built up and riding on this week, and then you head into a week where you play the Minnesota Twins, who are battling for that division lead. You know, Right now, it's too close to call. I mean, they're a game out one day, they lead the next day. It's that kind of race, and really, that's the only race in, uh, in baseball right now. Obviously, the Braves are only three games out of the East still, but really, it's, it's, it's the only race that is still in reach besides that Braves-Mets race for the for the NL East. But Kansas City was playing great baseball. They've been above 500 since July. And this week, things kind of reverted back to normal. Now, I know that it's terrible, you know, playing a week where you go 3-7 and seven in your last 10 games, uh, and that kind of adds to being 49-73 and 73 overall in the year, uh, 16 games back at the division, and at the wild card spot, as there's more wild card spots than ever before, does not change much either. You're actually 16 and a half back of a wild card spot right now, uh, but this can still just be one bad week. I don't want to throw all that good feeling from the last month out because of one bad week, but I will say that there were some encouraging things and there were some not so encouraging things from from it. So I think that it's 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 true where. You have to take this and break this down moment by moment and game by game to truly get the full scope of things. 
rather than just looking at the win-loss record this week or the, the scores of the of the games. So, for example, you know, going back to that first game against Minnesota, lost four to two, only collected eight hits for Kansas City. Minnesota collected eleven. You throw out Chris Bubich, who's been having a great run of you know six straight consecutive consecutive uh, you know quality starts, and in this game he gets roughed up a bit. Only lasts five and two thirds innings. Gives up 10 hits, four runs, three walks, and seven strikeouts. So 13 base runners for Chris Bubich and four runs come across. That's not great. However, you did see Josh Stalmont have a clean last inning or only give up one walk. And you did see uh, Koss come into the game and give up only one hit to close out that sixth inning. But you had a, you had two base runners combined after the uh, five two thirds inning mark, and Amir Garrett was just excellent at the bullpen on uh, game one against Minnesota. And, and speaking of Amir Garrett, I, I mentioned it before the season, where the Mike Miner trade I thought benefited both sides, especially Kansas City, because I felt like Mike Miner, um, you know, was kind of a surplus, if you will, for Kansas City, which ended up not being correct because obviously the Royals don't have any any quality starters for the majority of the start of the season. They didn't have anyone pitching well you know, or particularly well, and now they've gotten a few guys to kind of turn the corner again. Nonetheless, though, uh, their bullpen was weaker than their starting rotation on paper at the start of the year, and most importantly, my big sticking point was Amir Garrett brought something to the clubhouse, to the table, that no one else on this roster brought, and that was a swagger, that was an edge, confidence. That was a you're-not-going-to-push-us-around attitude. And that leadership quality of we're not going to get pushed around, we're not the same old Royals, that that stuff, it goes a long way on a young, impressionable team. And so as we get those bad apples out of the clubhouse, if you will. It's obvious from the even the outside looking in that Whit Merrifield was not bought in this year, and he was not a positive asset to the clubhouse. As you get those kind of guys out, um, and you have Amir Garrett now more established in the Royals organization, and then he gets a full off season within the Royals organization, and you bring him back, you know, that can grow itself into such a strong mentorship program for the Royals who are going to look to take a step next year. Now, what does that step look like? That is to be determined. I, I do think Kansas City takes a step next year. I'm not sure if it's going to be a playoff step, but I do think it'll be a step in the right direction where at this time next year, the Royals, you can talk yourself into them getting in the playoffs rather than saying, well, they're 16 games out, the season is over in the win-loss column. But I, I do think that Amir Garrett's brought that edge, and the reason I say that is because you see him on social media hyping up this young team and his young teammates. You see him embracing these young pitchers and wanting to do right by them, wanting to help them grow. You see him buying into the culture of Kansas City whenever he really uh, you know, has no reason to. He's a veteran. This team is not going in the right direction record-wise. He could easily just be checked out, but he's still pitching his best every single night, bringing that, that intensity every single night where he's getting in fights still and getting in, in screaming matches he is still being him throughout this season. And that can pay big dividends in the next season for Kansas City. And, and that's a guy who I think can matter next year that we don't really talk about enough. We, we're always wondering how Bobby Witt Jr. can progress next year, how uh, you know Vinny and Nick Prado can pro- progress next year. But 
Amir Garrett's a guy who can also do that uh, in just a different way, though, obviously. Salvador Perez goes two for four. Vinny Pascantino hits a home run. Uh, Mike Maxey gets a double as well. That's kind of the highlights in the hitting category uh, from this contest. But the Royals do drop this game four to two. Coming up, let's talk about the rest of this Minnesota series and then talk about the beginning of the Tampa Bay Rays series on today's Lockdown Royals podcast. But I do want to give you a message that's very important. You're hanging out with some friends and you know, you're putting a few back and a few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling a ride. But nah, you live nearby, you can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. But what are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving, but yet it doesn't stop everyone from avoiding these tragic and often deadly incidences when driving under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Royals every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Also, of course, check out Locked On Chiefs. We've got Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Mizzou, Locked On Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, we've got a Locked On podcast everywhere you look. And of course, Locked On Royals. So any, any team you want to, NBA, MLB, NFL, college, we got it for you. So check it out. Now let's continue the series. And, and in Game 2 against Minnesota, things just were terrible. Zach Grinky again, is just awful. Six innings of work. Gives up nine hits, three runs, um, has the five strikeouts in this contest, one home run given up. Uh, Mills comes in, three hits, three runs, and only records two outs. And then Luke Weaver comes in and gives up three more runs uh, on four hits. Just not a great outing. That tallies up to nine runs on the board for Minnesota. Kansas City is blanked. They're shut out in this one. Only one person had two hits, and that was Vinny Pascantino. And in terms of reaching base twice, it was Vinny that reached base three times. No one else did it more than once. Bobby Witt Jr. had a hit in this one. Salvador Perez had a hit in this one. And Nick Lopez had a hit in this one. Only five hits combined and two fielding errors. So this was a game that is a disaster for Dayton Moore, who... <laughs> who built this team on investing in pitching, uh, you know, pitching through the draft, uh, has his calling card as, as as kind of creating a bullpen and likes to play fast and play with quality defense. Everything came tumbling down on top of you not being able to hit, which is traditional for 
a Royals baseball team. Wednesday rolls around in the series, and the Royals get blanked again. This starts a massive cold streak for the offense. They lose 4 to nothing, but they do only lose the hit column by one. They get six, Minnesota gets seven, and Kansas City once again has an error in the field for Mike Maxey on a throw. Daniel Lynch gets through six innings of five-hit baseball, four runs allowed in this contest, one walk, two strikeouts, one home run. And then it was Payumps, who eventually got claimed by Oakland, I believe, off waivers. Uh, two innings pitched, two home runs, uh, two hits given up, I should say. No runs, one walk, two strikeouts. Hitting, you know, in terms of hitting, obviously, Salvador Perez got two hits. Vinny Pascantino again has two hits. He's heating up in a big way. In Kansas City, Mike Massey's been impressive. He's hitting 300 so far in his Major League Baseball career. And Witt Jr. can kept his hitting streak alive from the last contest. But that's all the notable things in that contest. So a very sleepy three-game, you know, getting swept by, getting swept in three games by your division rival in Minnesota. And then you start a four-game set against the Tampa Bay Rays in which the offense remained Cold. One run Thursday. And so your week ends where on Monday, you're able to scratch across two. Tuesday, you get blanked. Wednesday, you get blanked. Thursday, you get one. So you score three runs across three days. Or four days, I should say. I'm sorry. Three runs across four days. That is not a recipe for success. That is a lot of pressure to put upon your um, pitching staff, obviously. And it's just not the way that the Royals are constructed to win baseball games, I don't believe. But again, the wins and losses do not matter, and it's the moments. And so for this you know, segment of, of a week, we highlighted Amir Garrett. I also want to highlight Mac, uh, Mike Ma- Massey. Mike Massey, I think can be one of those difference makers. And what do I mean by that? So when you're envisioning next season, and a lot of you have turned the page for next season, a lot of you have turned the page for the Chiefs season, but when you're envisioning next season, the names you're going to be, you know, swooning over in December and January as we wait for spring training to roll around, it's going to be, Nick Prado. It's going to be Vinny Pascantino. It's going to be Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez. That's your core four. Plus, you've got Salvador Perez, who, who so far hasn't slowed down at the plate. Then you're looking for other guys to step up. And, and obviously, your core four plus Salvador Perez is not going to be enough to will you into the postseason or go on this magical run, even while being in the worst division in baseball. But what it can do is give you a platform. And if somebody can can join in, if you think about this as a Lego set, how far can you get in building a square with four pieces, with five pieces? How big can that square get? You're still looking to add pieces, right? If you want to make this massive square, well, if Max, if Maxi can can join in and he can be a difference maker and he can be a guy that can 
help carry the load offensively. Now you have six guys who you think are Lego pieces, who are pieces of the puzzle. Now you're only looking for your seventh, eighth, and ninth guy who can be pieces to your puzzle. So with Maxi stepping up, and then maybe you get something from, you know, a prospect down on the farm right now. Then all of a sudden, your difference makers are tallying up in a big way. And again, these are just difference makers in terms of the entire roster. So you got six difference makers on the roster. If Massey can keep playing the way he's playing right now, you, then you have you know Nicky Lopez's defense mixed with his all right hitting. How does that? How do you kind of brand that? Are you going to brand that as a difference maker because of the defense, or or however you want to ta- establish that? What can Alberto Mondesi do whenever he returns? Um, can he play at that all star level? Will he get hurt again? How do you how do you kind of tally him into this? So you're looking for those difference makers to add to your core four, core five. I'm also gonna look for you to go to Bet Online because Bet Online is your number one source for all your sport betting needs and info. Make sure you're checking them out today. They have everything you need at Bet Online, and it's so easy because you can just go to their sports book. And it'll immediately pull up their baseball page. You can scroll down and find the Kansas City Royals contest, in which the Royals are one and a half run underdogs against Tampa Bay. So you can go bet on that. You can also bet on fun things like future bets, and you can do this for every single sport, including football, basketball, hockey, anything that you would like to bet on. You can go to MLB Futures and see, huh. I wonder who the World Series favorite is. Well, it's the L.A. Dodgers at plus 325, the Astros at plus 400, and the Yankees at plus 450, and the Mets at plus 500. You can look at uh, baseball futures in the sense of who will win MVP, who will win the Cy Young, all that kind of fun stuff. Also for football, if you're into that, you can bet on regular season win totals. Like, will the Chiefs win over or under X amount of games? Who will be the AFC one seed right now? The favorite to be the AFC one seed is the Bills at plus 280. But the Chiefs are at plus 750 for the AFC number one overall seed. You can go put on all that fun stuff over at betonline.net. Check them out today. BetOnline is where the game starts. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Ben Online, we're talking about the week that was for the Royals this year and this week, I should say. We talked about Amir Garrett and how he can be a big um, culture piece for Kansas City. Talked about how. Mike, Max, Mike Massey taking a leap in the offseason that's kind of unexpected, and not in the sense of he can't do it, but in the sense of, like, he's not the forefront of your brain of young studs in this roster. If he can then place himself in that forefront to close out this season, then you have one less hole to fill in your roster. That can go a long way in how you project next year to finish for Kansas City. Talking about all that fun stuff on today's show. Throughout this week, we're going to talk about a lot of things. I mentioned it last segment. I want to dive into 
does Alberto Mondesi still have a place on this roster? I brought him up last segment. I brought him up two weeks ago. I want to talk about Alberto Mondesi. Also, do you have faith in Dayton Moore? I feel like Dayton Moore's season has been a roller coaster. Because at the beginning of the season, we were all anticipating a step forward. We're all anticipating a larger leap from Kansas City. Then the team ends up going downward and taking a massive step back. And it looks as though the rebuild has hit the ejecto cedo button and just there's, there's no way to salvage it. And you're restarting from ground zero. Then a few nice deadline moves, which I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed the Benatendi trade and the haul back you got for him. I enjoyed what you got back for um, Whitmerfield. I think that getting back at least one player in that Seattle trade that projects to at least be an MLB contributor is a great deal for the Carlos Santana trade. Uh, you know, I, I like what he did at the deadline for Kansas City. You look at all that, and plus you mix that with, okay, these young guys are playing better now this last month. Does that impact your feelings on Dayton more one way or the other? No matter which camp you started in at the start of the year or we're in at you know the end of April, how are you feeling now? I want to do kind of a temperature check on Dayton Moore. Also, of course, we're going to recap the weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays. And I want to check in on those former Royals. How are they doing? Like, how's Mike Miner doing in the Amir Garrett sweepstakes? How is uh, Benatendi doing on the Yankees, who are spiraling a bit right now, uh, who were once running away with the AL, and now, yeah, they're getting caught in a hurry. They're, they're tripping over some obstacles, if you will. How's what Merrifield doing on, on the change of scenery? Were the Jays right to bet on him um, kind of being rejuvenated? by playing for a playoff contending team. We're going to talk about all of that stuff this week and throughout the rest of the week. Make sure that you tune in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland and underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnRoyals. Email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.